0: Corey Wayne and this is my video coaching newsletter and the topic of today's newsletter is going to be dating unhappy people well if you're watching this video there is a really good chance that at some point in your life you're going to encounter a really attractive member of the opposite sex or somebody that you find incredibly attractive no matter what side of the spectrum you're on from a romantic standpoint And you're going to find somebody and everything's going to be looking great. The packaging is going to be amazing. Unwrapping it is going to be amazing. But what you're going to recognize – because remember, people can hide who they really are for about the first 90 days that they're dating you. And so it's essential that you remain objective and you keep that person on probation while you're getting to know them so you can see what they're really like. Because if you start dating somebody and you realize down the road that they're incredibly unhappy or they're not happy with themselves, they're not fulfilled in their career, their mission, their purpose in life, eventually they're going to start sabotaging the relationship once they realize that you're not making them happy. So I've dated plenty of women that I've met in my life that were like this. Everything starts out great and then it's not until you get to know him a few weeks or even sometimes several months later that you realize this person's just not happy. And so I've got an email here from a woman who started dating a guy and things were great for the first several months. And then he started going through some difficult times in his life and then it just and then the guys got depressed and then she realized this guy just was just didn't have his shit together even though everything seemed great at first. And again, this is why you date people and why you shouldn't just jump into a marriage or jump into moving together living with somebody after only knowing them for a few weeks or a few months because that first 90 days you really don't know what you don't know you don't know what you're dealing with so I have a quote that I wrote on this topic and I'm gonna go through her email to see what nuggets of wisdom we can gain from this and so the quote says when people do not feel good about themselves or like they're good enough for someone or something They often will either sabotage their relationships or their life circumstances. It is not your job to fix a potential lover's problems, fix them, or save them from their crummy life or circumstances. Unless someone realizes and admits that they have problems or challenges that need solving and are open to doing what's necessary to fix them, there is nothing you or anyone else can do to help them. You should not care more about someone else's success than they do. You can't do for others what they can and should do for themselves. And that's one of the reasons why it makes my fucking blood boil when I see politicians or people in the media blowing a bunch of sunshine up low information voters that just really have no idea, people that are really struggling in life and going, Hey, if you just fucking vote for me, I'm going to solve all your problems. You won't have to pay for your bills. Everything will be great. And it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. When people think like that or they give their power away to some kind of guru or politician or somebody that they think is better or more successful or more qualified to make decisions in their lives than they are, that's when they completely become powerless to impact their life in a positive way and make the changes that they need to make in order to reach their full potential. And I absolutely do not respect people that prey upon others in this way and that's why I have no fucking problem demolishing people and calling them out on their bullshit. That's why you may see me say things on Twitter or in my videos sometimes because I never will fucking tolerate somebody taking advantage of another fucking human being in order to manipulate them just for their own selfish motives me being a coach I'm all about teaching self-reliance and when you learn the things that I teach it teaches you to become self-reliant because quite frankly I don't want to be your guru I don't want to be needed I don't want to be the source of all of the solutions in your life you are the answer you are what you have been waiting for. All you need is the skills and the tools and to take the appropriate action and you'll get the results that I've gotten in my own life and thousands of men and women all over the world have gotten in their own. Because like I said many times in the past, the true measure of a leader is not how many followers they have but how many leaders they create and that's what I want. I want self-reliant leaders, people who can think for themselves because when you can think for yourself, You can cut right through the fucking bullshit in life. And it's just like what's on the back of my book, a quote by Thomas Jefferson, and it's also on my website. And it says, enlighten the people generally, and tyranny and oppressions of body and mind will vanish like evil spirits at the dawn of day. So let's take a look at this woman's email and see what we can see. She says, hi, Corey. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Well, you're welcome. It's a good email. I'll get right to it. I broke up with my boyfriend last week. I didn't want to but I felt I needed to. What's interesting, I think it's like 75% of the time women are the ones that end a relationship. Well, women will try to get the guy to end it when they know it should end but when the guy just is clueless and he doesn't get it, usually women are the ones that end up ending their relationship. It's just the way it is. Here's some background info. We dated six months. In the beginning, he was amazing in everything I wanted. We both shared very rare and unique interests that had us very excited about one another." I know what that's like because the stuff that I'm into is very rare and very out there. and It's not very often that I encounter somebody in my life just as I'm living my life and I run into somebody who's into the same things that I am unless of course we're at the same kinds of places. Remember, like attracts like. And so it's really nice when you meet somebody and you really connect and you have all these things in common. Maybe you have the same spiritual outlook in life. Maybe you have the same goals, the same values in life. And when you sense that, you get carried away. Oh, my God, this is exactly the person I've been looking for. But it's not until months later that you really get to know them that you get to see them for what, what and who they really are. But it's really tough when you meet somebody you really click and you really connect. The chemistry's there, the sexual is there, and you have a great time together. It's like you know, it's like people that get married. When you, the day you're getting married, you're not thinking about getting a divorce. You're thinking about how this is going to be great and you're going to live happily ever after. But for, statistically, for the overwhelming majority of people, over sixty percent of people who get married are going to get divorced, and that's the numbers. It's just the way it is. When we met, he was on the path to meeting his goals for his career and financial independence. So it sounded like he had his shit together, he had his career, his purpose, his mission, he knew who he was, he knew where he was going, he had goals, he had a vision for his life. He was six months away from quitting his regular, regular job to focus on his professional practice as were both accountants. However, a few months after we met, he had a family emergency that depleted his nest egg that would allow for him to quit his job now a lot of people will do that they have money in the bank when somebody's in trouble it's like they're like the first person to just empty their bank account helping somebody and quite frankly like when it comes to business or it comes if somebody that you know has money problems you giving them your money nine times out of ten is not going to solve their problems what ends up happening is their financial problems then end up becoming your financial problems. and If somebody has done a bad job of managing or mismanaging their money and therefore they don't have any, what they really need is to become smarter with money. Now sometimes some things happen but the more successful you become in life and when, especially when people know that you have money. It's amazing how many friends and family come out of the woodwork and go, hey, i got this great idea for a business. I just need some money. I just need some of your money. I just need some funding. If I could just get some funding from you, I'll do all the work, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. And it's, but yet they're going to have no skin in the game. And unless a person has skin in the game, they're not going to value it. Because if you give money to somebody, say they all oh, get this great business idea, or i got this great idea for a stock, I mean at the end of the day, it wasn't their money. They didn't earn it. Do you think they're really – I mean they're going to feel bad obviously if it doesn't work out but at the end of the day, it's not their money. And If it's not their money, nine times out of ten, when the deal goes south, it's funny how you never hear from them again. They just fucking disappear. They crawl like a fucking cockroach and they never pay you a dime back and you never hear from them again. So be smart. If you're somebody that has money, you're you're not going to help somebody by just causing putting yourself in a bad position financially in order to help them because they've mismanaged their own finances. It's better some, like when people come to me, friends are feeling like, "Hey, can I borrow?" and I'm like, "I don't lend money to friends or family." I just tell, them "That's the way it is. If you want my opinion, if you want my advice, I'm happy to give it to you, but I'm not just going to write you a blank check. And 99% of the time that's what they need is they need a better strategy. So she continues on, he became stressed and everything went downhill from there. I understood his situation so I was very patient with him even when he got frustrated at me over literally nothing. He seemed to have zero ability to reason logically and he jumped to conclusions, well obviously he's probably in a fearful state because he's six months away from starting his own business and now all of a sudden. He's probably been saving for years for that and now that, that nest egg, that money is just completely wiped out. So you can imagine that's going to put you in a fearful state, make you feel stressed, put you in a stressed state which causes you to take even more actions that are aligned with bringing even more stress into his life. That's why he just kind of spirals out of control. And he also put hurtful words in my mouth constantly. We thought getting some tools for communication problems might help and start seating, and we started seeing a relationship counselor. But things seem to get worse. Well, like I said many times, I coach a lot of therapists and a lot of psychologists and a lot of counselors. And at the end of the day, you can have the best counselor, best relationship and marriage counselor. But if the guy or the girl that's getting the counseling is not acting like a man or a woman is not naturally doing the things that are aligned with their essence, it's not going to matter. You won't be able to save it. It's like most of the people that come to me that are are having marriage problems or relationships, they've already got the therapist or the counselor and it's not enough to help them. It's great for communication and dealing with when they've got childhood issues or mental issues, things of that nature. But when it comes to life goals and focusing on a purpose and a mission in life, that's just not something that therapists and counselors do. Nothing I said mattered because he was hell-bent on believing what he wanted to believe about what I said. For last month, I walked on eggshells, and a few weeks ago, he finally talked to me about what was going on. Between what he said and his decreased libido, well, if a guy doesn't feel successful in his life at achieving his goal and his mission and his purpose, he's going to feel, in other words, he's going to feel inept, in other words, impotent as a man. And if a guy feels impotent as a man, in other words he doesn't feel like he has what it takes to succeed in life, that's definitely going to show up in his sex life and obviously she saw that. I realized that my boyfriend was very depressed. This didn't scare me but it, it really helped me to understand what he needed and it helped me to understand why in the counseling sessions he repeatedly said that he felt like he wasn't good enough for me. And that is really the real issue there. He doesn't feel good enough. This guy has issues that he needs to work on. Until he gets to a place where he's happy, he's whole, he's complete, he's not going to be able to share his completeness with somebody else, whether it's you or some other woman, because he doesn't feel complete. In other words, he's showing up to the relationship already feeling like his, his comp, his cup is empty, in other words, he doesn't have enough, and you can't give away what you don't have for yourself. If you don't love yourself, and you don't love your life, and you're not really happy, and you don't have a compelling and emotionally compelling vision and purpose for your life, this is what's going to happen. The guy's good for several months, and then when he realizes that you know this woman that he thought was making him so happy, when he realizes it's not enough to make himself happy. That's why he completely withdraws and the relationship gets sabotaged because internally he's recognizing, wow, I'm still not happy even though I got this great woman in my life. And it's not your fault. He was like that before you met him. I knew he needed space to work on his business and for me to quietly understand why he didn't call me. I did my own thing, got back into the happy groove that was my life before our problems and stopped trying to fix the relationship. That's exactly what you should be doing in- and kudos to you for recognizing that is what you needed to focus on. Since I honestly believed it was all a symptom of where he was. Yeah, it wasn't about you, it was totally about him. And the fact is when you first started dating this guy, you thought he had everything together. He had everything you wanted and he did internally and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, he had all that, but to him, it was really an illusion. And once he had you for long enough, he realized that he still something was missing and when he realized that everything that he thought he wanted and needed that was going to make him happy actually wasn't making him happy look what happened it just totally collapsed on him he stopped making the little effort and then he started projecting his unhappiness onto you in the form of being grumpy and being a dick the last time I saw him he commented on how I am always so happy and smiley and kept commenting on how sexy I looked in my work skirt but when I kissed him I felt that he didn't want it you can't give away what you don't have for yourself and the bottom line is this guy has recognized he's not happy and so quite frankly in in the way he's gonna perceive himself he's gonna be thinking you're better off without him anyway and unfortunately like people that commit suicide that's what they think they really convince themselves that the world and their friends and their family will be way better off without them but obviously they never see all the pain that they cause everybody by taking their own lives he then got short and rude with me through text the next morning not to mention oddly delayed response times and ultimately made me feel as if I annoyed him all I was doing was loving him I literally was super sweet to him but he was disrespectful and I had enough well that's what you gotta you can't tolerate that shit And so you did the right thing by saying, that's it. You're crossing my boundaries and you're being rude and you're being disrespectful. Because at at that point, because remember what I've said many times in the past, no one will ever do or say anything to you that is not a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves in a moment. So he's literally projecting his unhappiness onto you. And for a period of time, you were taking ownership of that until you realized, wait a minute, this ain't about me. This is really about him. And I'm not putting up with this bullshit which is what you should be doing. I told him I needed a little bit of time to calm down. He knew he did something wrong and apologized but I just couldn't talk to him because I was so hurt. And it's obvious he was unable to see what he was doing to hurt you anyways and it didn't matter because until he gets to a place where he can make himself happy, he just is absolutely incapable of being the type of guy that you're looking for. That's just the way it is. You got to see him. For as he is. Not worse than he is or better than he is, but as he is. And he's admitted he doesn't feel good enough for you. And like Maya Angelou said, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. I waited a few days and I texted him. He quickly responded but said he was unable to talk because he was busy and that he would respond as soon as he got some time later on. Understandable. Time rolled by and he never got back to me. I was done and he was on the verge of losing me. I wasn't even important enough to get back to. And this time, and his apology and plea to let me call him tomorrow didn't help. The next day he realized that it really was over and he tried to make me feel bad and then said it was sad but probably the best. I simply explained explained that I loved him And then I was walking away with a clear conscience. I mean, at this point, there's nothing you can do. Until he takes care of his his problems and fixes his life and his career, there's nothing you can do. It's just, you can fall in love with his potential, but look what loving his potential has done. It's made you fucking miserable. All I needed was some sort of love affirmation that I was wanted or confirmation I was even just liked by him. He's incapable of doing that. It's not your fault and it's not your job to fix him and it's not your job to solve his problems. That's his job. The only thing you have control over is how you show up. And it sounds like you've got your shit together and you've got a level head about this, which is great because you're a great catch for a great guy. You need to find a guy who's got his shit together, not some guy who hasn't figured himself out yet or who's trying to find himself. He responded with I love you too and that was the first time he ever said that to me ever. And he followed that with how amazing he thought I was and how smart I was and that he loved me but things held him back, things he needed to come to terms with and that neither of us could afford to do the roller coaster as the ride just got worse. So that's a pretty honest statement there. He's he's admitting that he can't be what you want, he's just basically saying, Honey, I'm bitching out. I can't do it. I ain't got what it takes right now to be the man that you deserve and that you need. He just admitted that. So see that for what it is. He said our paths would cross again and until then I had a place in his heart. This of course sent me reeling. I was so pissed and didn't know what to believe. Just take him at face value and say, hey, this is just simply where he's at. Again it's not your job to fix him or solve his problems. He may never solve his problems. You instead need to focus on your outcome, which obviously you want a great guy and somebody that's got his shit together like this guy had in in the beginning so you can have the great healthy relationship because as long as a guy feels he's got his shit together and is congruent with that, it's pretty easy to have an effortless relationship, which she had in the beginning with him. We had a few light conversations and again, he said, I was so great, never asking me to come back. He referred a client to me, which puzzled me obviously he still cares but the bottom line is he's admitted that he's a bitch he can't be what you want but part of your problem is that you haven't accepted that reality that he's a bitch and he can't give you what you want and that's why you're suffering because you want reality to be other than it is you want him to go back to being the guy that he was when you first fell in love with him and first started dating him but that's not the guy he really is and that's why That guy doesn't exist. It's really just a fantasy and it was a facade that he put on and he only kept the facade going until he realized that it was an illusion and then the whole thing dissolved and that's why your relationship dissolved. He liked my status update on Facebook, briefly chatted about a common interest we had. Every text interaction was a quick reply and very sweet and then the next day he went completely silent again you want him to be different than he is and that's why you're suffering and that's why it bothers you it was so skilled and perfectly executed that I hate him for it and it worked remember it's a scientific fact that women are more attracted to men whose feelings are unclear and even though this guy can't be what she wants he's admitted to her numerous times that he can't be what she wants she's still mad and upset that he's not being what she wants we all do this all men and women do this where do I go from here simple focus on your outcome what do you want you want the type of guy that he was in the beginning obviously he can't be that guy so what does that mean you have to find somebody new now it's possible that sometime down the road he may get his shit together but it may never happen and you have to assume the smart thing to do is to assume that it's not just simply not going to happen Because if he does come back and he's still half-assed in things, you need to be strong enough to call him out on his bullshit and say, you know what, you still need to do work on yourself. I'd love to date you. I'd love to see you again, but only after you get all your shit together. I'm not interested in being your therapist or your mommy. I want a teammate. I want an equal. And you do not act like somebody who feels like he is my equal. I do love him. How long should I wait to see if anything happens? You shouldn't wait at all. You should assume that nothing is going to happen, that he's not going to change, and therefore focus on your outcome, which is finding a great guy to have a great relationship, the kind of guy that he was in the beginning, but a guy that actually is that on the inside and out, and it's not just smoke and mirrors. I know you say the dumper is the one who does the work, but he sort of pushed me into it and then agreed with it. Honey, you did the right decision. You made the right decision by booting him out of your life and breaking up with him. He can't be what you want and deep down you know that. You don't need me to tell you that. Honestly, I don't want him back right now but I don't want to be out of his life either. Well being his friend is not going to work either because then you're just going to be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting waiting for him to turn his life around and that's just going to make you absolutely fucking miserable. I do care for him. Not only that but I want to leave the door open for us to get together when circumstances are better. I want first dibs damn it lol. What would you suggest? I would suggest that you never call or contact him again and that you move on with your life as if it's over. Because if he reaches out, you need to reiterate to him, just say, Look, I love you and I care about you and I would love to see you romantically again. But you have admitted that you don't feel you deserve me and that you need to work on yourself and get your shit together first. And until you do that, until you get to the place where you feel strong, you feel happy, you feel whole, you feel complete, you feel like you were feel like the guy that you once were. Like when we first started dating, that's the guy I want to talk to and until or unless you get to that point, it's best that we just go our separate ways and I can look for the right guy for me and you could focus on yourself and resolve the things that you need to resolve. And If it's meant to be, you will get back in touch with me and mysteriously I will still be single and you will be single and we will live happily ever after. And it's not meant to be, I'll find somebody else, you'll find somebody else, and either way, we'll live happily ever after. So it's possible that we get back together at some point in the future and live happily ever after, but it's also quite possible that we each meet other people who are better suited to us. And the bottom line is when you really love somebody and you really care about them, you want them to be happy even when it is not with you. And that's definitely something to think about.